It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. All right, thank you for tuning in to Chop Out the Bit. This is episode number 89. I am Kyle Edwards, of course. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the NFL and take a look at some of the transactions that took place over the past couple of days. There was like three big stories that came out. We had a big name getting up there in years who agreed to a term with the current team. Uh, we had a guy who could have, who was kind of a coveted free agent who picked a new home. And then we had a uh, pretty big name who got hurt last year. Kind of some uncertainty about what may happen to him this offseason, but he ended up signing with his team. Plus, it was the um, franchise tag deadline, which was Tuesday at 4 o'clock. So we're going to take a look at some names that uh, some teams were hoping might not get tagged, and then they'd be open season in the free agent market, but were actually tagged by the current team. Now, it doesn't mean that those players will be with that team when the season starts because just because you've been tagged that's not the end of the story because you can uh, negotiate a long-term deal with your team still Uh, you can also you know kind of be unhappy with being tagged which could force a team to trade you which I mean the only part is with the franchise tag now the team uh, can you know have a say in where you go and can actually get something for you whereas if they didn't tag him then you know the player walks in free agency and I guess the most you can get is a comp- comp- compensatory pick in the draft which is like in the third fourth fifth round kind of depends on how's it go like depends on the player's stats or something that's leaving. Um, not really sure how the compensatory pick process works, but I guess it's something to look into once the draft comes around. But um, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with the big name transactions. First one, Big Ben. So Big Ben, who's what thirty nine years old now, and I think after last year there was some talk. Would Big Ben retire? Uh, would he re-sign with the Steelers? Or could he possibly, you know, kind of go the Tom Brady route, spend all the years with one team, and then at the end of their career, move on somewhere else? And ultimately what happened was Big Ben and Pittsburgh Steelers were able to come to an agreement on a new deal. And... As the story I saw in a Pittsburgh paper, I can't remember which one it was, they were basically saying that uh, Big Ben took a pay cut to help the team save, I think it was like $15 million on the cap, which they can now turn around and use to fill some of the holes that they have on their team. But the author of the article was like trying to commend Big Ben for doing that because he's you know uh, focused on doing whatever he can 
to turn the Steelers into a Super Bowl contender once again. And I felt like that was a little bit of a stretch because, I mean, the Steelers haven't been relative in terms of the uh, Super Bowl and actually being close to a Super Bowl since 2014. No, not 2014. 2016. Sorry about that. 2016 when they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Patriots and they lost like 36 to 17. You know, that was the year with the uh, 38 to 3 or 28 to 3, sorry, 28 to 3 comeback from Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. That was that year. But yeah, so that year the Patriots beat the Steelers in the AFC title game. And if you really look at it, since 2010, 2010 was the last time the Steelers made the Super Bowl, and they lost that year. They lost to uh, they lost to Green Bay. Yeah, they lost to Green Bay in that one. So that was Aaron Rodgers' uh, first and only Super Bowl win came against Big Ben. But since then, I mean, you kind of say Pittsburgh's been kind of disappointing because they lost the Super Bowl following year. They lose in the wild card round. Then they go two years of eight and eight, missing the playoffs. Then they lose in the wild card round again. Then they lose in the divisional round. Then, like I said, 2016, losing the AFC championship game. And then even since just that point, 2016, it's been losing the division around 2017, 2018, go nine, six and one, miss the playoffs, 2019, eight and eight, miss the playoffs. And then this past year, remember, the Steelers were 11 and 0, last undefeated team. And everybody was, you know, shouting them out and making it seem like they were the best team in the AFC and really thought that this was a Super Bowl contending team. Well, they went the last five weeks. They went one and four. Completely choked away the top spot in the playoffs. Ended up losing in the wild card round. And now, kind of as a franchise, they are... They're in decline. Let's just put it that way. I mean, Big Ben has dealt with, he dealt with with the elbow injury in 2019. And he was already a guy who wasn't exactly the best physical shape for a quarterback. And I feel like a lot of that is finally catching up with him to the point where I think that just because they did, you know, you know, agree to this contract with Big Ben, the Steelers better draft a quarterback or at least get one in free agency to replace Big Ben because even though they did negotiate the new deal, I believe it's only a one-year deal, I think. Yeah, I think it's a one-year deal. So at that rate... You got to kind of look at this as like the farewell tour for Big Ben. And I get it. You know, he uh, he got which one? How many Super Bowls did he get for them? So there's the one in 2008 and 2005. So he's won two Super Bowls for them. You know, that's that's legit. I mean, it has been a while since he won the Super Bowl. And, you know, you got to realize all those years, Roethlisberger had weapons there. You know, Antonio Browns or Heath Miller, um, Smith Schuster, these last few years. Um, Yeah, he had Heinz Ward. So the weapons have been there on offense. Defensively, they've been kind of what they've been most of the time. 
pretty good in the regular season. And then a lot of times when they go up against the really elite quarterbacks in the postseason, they fall short because when you go up against the Pittsburgh team, you know defensively what they're going to try to do. So it's very easy to game plan for them as long as you have the talent to go along with it. But, um, but yeah, so I get it. You know, Big Ben's meant a lot to Pittsburgh. Uh, like I said, got them two rings. I mean, before those two rings with him. I mean, it had been a while before that. Yeah, the set. Jeez, nineteen seventy nine. So, you know, he holds a special place in Pittsburgh's, in the pit, in the fans of Pittsburgh, in their hearts. I get it, but I kind of think this is one of those instances where, uh, once again, I'm resort back to uh, my Patriots, where. You know, people get on Bill Belichick for situations like this where, you know, Belichick might have let Roethlisberger go because it's clear that the skills are declining. The arm strength isn't there. The the fact that he's a bigger quarterback back when he was younger is kind of an asset because he was at least a little mobile then, so he would shake off defenders and extend plays like that now he's kind of just a statue in the backfield and he's just a bigger target to hit plus he's not as durable as he was before because it seems like every year the past few years has been little you know nick uh type injuries here and there and i just think that his days of really leading a team to uh, I guess great success are have been long gone for years now um, I mean the people I've talked to you know I've been saying for a while that Big Ben see Big Ben kind of got into that like Peyton Manning category because the one thing I used to tell Colts fans all the time with Peyton Manning was the biggest problem was that the organization never put a backup quarterback behind uh, Manning to really push him. And because of that, I feel like the team suffered because of that. You know, Manning put up great numbers in the regular season, struggled in the playoffs. And even the two rings that he won, I mean, he really contributed to the first one only. And even with that one, he wasn't that great in the Super Bowl. It was mainly Vinatieri as the kicker. And the second one was Vaughn Miller in the defense carrying a weak arm Manning to a title. So just, you know, spin it back to Roethlisberger, you know, the backups who have been there with him been like Josh Dobbs. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The like reclamation project of Mike Vick backed him up a couple of years. Um, Mason Rudolph, you know, guys like that. So his spot as a starter was never threatened. And I think ultimately that probably cost Pittsburgh at least a few more cracks 
at the Super Bowl with Big Ben. And also with Big Ben, I heard uh, Stephen A. and Max on was the first take. They were talking about it, and Stephen A. got upset with Max Kellerman because he said that Big Ben is the worst quarterback in that division. And I agree with Max completely. I've said that for, well, I was going to say a couple of years, but I guess he only really became the worst quarterback in the division once Joe Burrow got there. And that was last year. But just looking at that division right now, you know, Lamar Jackson has his limitations. I've talked about them enough on here. He's better than Big Ben. Baker Mayfield, who only this past year started really getting some notoriety from a lot of the analysts and stuff. They thought he was on the path of Johnny Manziel and being a bust. He's better than Big Ben. I just said Joe Burrow, even though he got hurt his rookie year, what he showed, he's better than Big Ben. So I didn't understand the outrage from Stephen A., but he is a Steelers fan. So, I mean, take that for what it is. So we'll have to see what Big Ben looks like next year. I mean, don't expect Big Ben to all of a sudden show up in the greatest shape of his life or anything like that. It's probably going to be more like last year. I doubt they go 11 and 0 again last year. Like, I mean, this year, like they did last year, but I mean, we'll see. Cause, like I said, Baltimore's improved. Cleveland's improved. If Burrow comes back next year, Cincinnati's improved. And I'm sure if Pittsburgh has a real down year, misses the playoffs next year, you'll start hearing the whole Big Ben needs to retire talk which I think was a conversation you probably could have had after this past year. So that was one. The second one, J.J. Uh, Watt. So we've all seen what's happened in Houston. Um, they fire Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell's the interim coach, but, I mean, he's an old guy, so they weren't going to keep him. Uh, They go out and hire a guy that nobody's heard of. Didn't even know he was a head coaching candidate. But, and he's, I think, one of the only, he was the only minority hire from this round of coach hirings. And, I, you know, at a certain point, Deshaun Watson gets turned off with the team. He wants to leave. They bring in... Nick Casario from New England uh, down to Houston. Watson doesn't like that because Watson was kind of hoping they brought in somebody else. Uh, Watson gets mad at the owner. Really wants out. We'll have to see what goes on with that situation. But amongst all of that, J.J. Watt comes out and says he wants to get released. They release him. So automatically the thought was, well, he'll go to Pittsburgh. That's where his brother, his brothers are actually there, TJ and Derek Watt. Uh, TJ's a, what is he, defensive end, and Derek's a fullback. So, naturally, it was like, hey, he goes to Pittsburgh, plays with his brothers. You know, great way to go through the second part of his career. Then it was, maybe he goes to Green Bay, joins Aaron Rodgers. He goes back home. He's from Wisconsin. So naturally, he goes to play with the Packers. Well, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. And I believe they gave him a two-year deal. Uh, Let me double check that make sure that's correct. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a two-year deal. He's getting pretty good money. So... Yeah, I think it's a two-year deal. Um, and, you know, congrats to him going out there, getting a nice little contract for himself. And I do think picking Arizona was an interesting choice because now he gets to play 
uh, on the opposite side of Chandler Jones, who, I mean, after his time with New England, he all he's done is gone down to Arizona and put up sack numbers. So, you know what? We'll give Chandler Jones some help in terms of, you know, now you can't just double Chandler Jones. You do have J.J. Watt on the other side. Uh, he may not be what he was was like three years ago when he had 16 sacks, but he can still get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, I mean, he'll be a good locker room guy, you know, with Kyler Murray there. You know, he can, I mean, even though he's a defensive guy, but he can kind of help Kyler Murray out with, you know, maybe like leadership and, um, you know, like work ethic, all that kind of stuff. So there's that. Plus, it will help Kyler Murray in practice because at the end of last year, uh, Kyler Murray really had an issue with passes being batted down. And there's nobody, there's been nobody better than J.J. Watt at that for like, I mean, since J.J. Watt's come into the league. So maybe going up against that every day helps Kyler Murray in that aspect. You got to think of it that way as well. Um, I mean, I like this move way more than the Ben Roethlisberger move that I just talked about. So, uh, especially in that division where you have Russell Wilson, at least for the time being, because we don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson in Seattle. I mean, talk about that on another episode. Uh, We also have Matthew Stafford with the Rams now. And for the time being, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. So you have to be able to get after the quarterback in that division. Adding another pass rusher doesn't hurt at all. My only, I guess, trepidation in this move is J.J. Watt's health. Um, after being a guy who, for the first... What was it, one first five years of his career he played 16 games started 16 games then following year he only played in three games then it was five games 2018 he did 16 games 16 starts that was when he had 16 sacks you know seven fumble forces um Four pass defenses. So, I mean, he, he was doing his thing defensively. But the two years since then, he started and played in eight games, 2019, only had four sacks. Then this past year, he played all 16 games, so he was relatively healthy. Uh, he only had five sacks. So, is Arizona going to get at least any bit of of 2018 J.J. Watt, the 16 sack year, or is it more of the past couple of years, four sacks, five sacks? You know, he's 31 years old now, so he's getting a little bit up there, but I mean, when he's healthy, he's, you know, still physically fit. I do think Chandler Jones being there with him is going to help him. So, I'm kind of expecting him to have a pretty good year down there as long as he stays healthy. Got to stress that. And, you know, he should pay big dividends for that defense there. Uh, I was on the Arizona, you know, bandwagon last year because I like Kyler Murray. I do think that this is a move that does push them a little bit over the hump. I mean, I can't say over the hump because that kind of makes it seem like Super Bowl contender or something like that. But, a move like this as a first move in an offseason, I definitely give a thumbs up to Arizona for that one. I think this is a move that should help them get back into the playoffs next year. I mean, last year looked like they're going to be a playoff team. They fell off late. I think J.J. Watt can help them get back up there, maybe even win that division. Because like I said, we don't know what Russell Wilson's going on there. If he were to leave, Seattle, we know, would take a hit. 
This is Stafford's first year with the Rams. We don't know what that's going to look like early on. And even the San Francisco situation, Garoppolo might leave, might stay. We don't know what they're doing there as well. So if I had to pick a team going into next year, I'd have to give a lot of thought to Arizona possibly winning that division. So I like the move for them. Uh, Then third of the big news that I I led the show off with, Dak Prescott. Now, this was an interesting situation because we all saw last year when, you know, he was scrambling, got hit, had that whole thing where legs pointing the direction it's not supposed to. We all saw it happen on Fox. Yeah, so yeah. Then what made it worse was it was a contract year for Dak. And we all know how much Jerry Jones loved Dak Prescott. Uh, He did say that he was going to do whatever he could to sign him and keep him as a Dallas Cowboy. But we all were wondering what that would look like, especially coming off of an injury. Um, So, you know, fast forward to, I guess, this week where we knew franchise tag was coming up. It seemed like Dak was going to be a franchise tag candidate because of the injury to kind of give the Cowboys a little bit more time to figure out what to do with him. Uh, I was hearing everybody from, you know, Adam Schefter, although Adam Schefter did leave the door open. I think it was yesterday. Well, like Monday he was on first take and he said that the Cowboys and Prescott are kind of going through negotiations from a different mindset than they were a few months ago. Or even last year, of course, because uh, Prescott understood. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Stands that he's coming off of this injury that could have been career-threatening. So now he kind of knows kind of like his football mortality is right around the corner And you kind of have to get what you can when you can get it. The team understands that if they can, you know, lock up a Prescott in that division where uh, the Eagles just moved on from Carson Wentz, don't even know if they're going to give the job to Jalen Hurts. So some questions there, quarterback. The Washington football team, they let um, Alex Smith go. To let Dwayne Haskins go last year, although he was a, you know, a disaster. So, wasn't mad at that. But don't know what Washington's going to do with their quarterback position. The Giants have Daniel Jones, but there's still a lot of holes on the Giants team. So we don't know how close they are to really uh, contending for a division title. So if the Cowboys bring back Des- Dak Prescott, of course he automatically becomes the best quarterback in that division. Even coming off of the leg injury and not even knowing how that may affect him or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, like I was saying, most people thought he was going to get franchise tagged. But right before the Tuesday 4pm deadline, that breaking news hit that he agreed to a deal with the Cowboys and he re-signed for four years Hundred and sixty million. Uh, how much it was? Like a hundred and looks like a hundred and thirty of it, guaranteed. And 
I mean, that was. I mean, I I'd heard. I think last off season that Prescott was looking to get around forty million a year. I kind of thought it was a pipe dream, only because he hadn't had really any playoff success. But I guess I kind of should have realized that this has been kind of a trend past, I guess, recent years where players are still cashing in without really uh, any success, I guess, attributed to their name. Now, Dak has been there for, what, five years now? He, you know, his first year they went 13-3. and Good. Um, then they went nine and seven. Then they went ten and six. Then they went eight and eight. Then this past year he only played in five games, and they were two and three. So, I mean, that's the greatest record. Well, actually, it's not. That's not. That's not that bad. Yeah, he's forty-two and twenty-seven as a starter. That's pretty good. Uh, out of the, well, we'll count four years. Last year, like I said, he only played in five games. I'm not going to hold that against him. So in four years, he made the playoffs. Well, he's led the Cowboys to the playoffs twice. Uh, first year, they were one and done. That was 2016. 2018, they went back. One on, I think it was wild card weekend. Lost in the divisional round. Um, so let's see so yeah so he's a guy who at 27 he doesn't turn 28 until end of July so he's basically under contract until like his 31 32 year old year which is still which would at that point position him to then renegotiate another deal, get another big contract, depending on how these next four years go. And you know, possibly well, I can't say possibly, but that's the wrong word I was looking for. I was looking for to, to say I just say looking for to say I was looking to say that now this does uh, make it a little interesting for the Cowboys because with this deal I mean the Cowboys cap situation isn't the best so it may limit what they can do in terms of free agent market and this is a team that has a lot of holes on it because sure they locked up Prescott for four years one we don't know what he's going to look like after the injury but two you have Ezekiel Elliott who has a big deal and his production has gone basically in the toilet from the past couple of years and now that with his deal on the books I mean he looks like an absolute mess I mean when he first started off you know he was the guy to feed me and all that kind of stuff he was running over guys running past guys big touchdown numbers but then it turned into you know getting hit at the line not gaining a lot then a fumbling issue past couple of years so I don't know what's going on there but hopefully the Cowboys can figure it out and figure it out with him and see what's going on get him back to producing how he was early in his career um, with this Prescott move we don't know what that what effect that may have on like a Mark Cooper and the offensive line is getting getting older and hasn't been producing as well as people thought defensively they're a mess I mean they have, I mean they need help with linebacker in the back end in the secondary they can use help along the defensive line so we'll have to see what does this contract do going forward does it hinder them from signing guys I don't think so because the NFL cap can be reworked so many ways to make the numbers fit but we'll have to see because with a deal like that 4 years 160 
there's gonna be pressure now. Like Prescott can't just sit here and go, you know, eight and eight every year or nine and seven, making forty million a year. I mean, I think with the guaranteed his cap number, it's like thirty something or whatever, but um but yeah. As an organization, I'm assigning a guy to that kind of contract within that four year window. I either need a Super Bowl ring or I need a Super Bowl appearance, at least one, possibly multiple ones to justify that. And I just don't see it happening with the Cowboys. I mean, I've talked about Cowboys enough on here. You know, the Cowboys haven't uh, experienced that success from the mid 90s when they had Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman and those guys. They've been trying to uh, recapture that moment since then and have not been able to do it. I will say I like Dak Prescott as a player. Have no problem with him. I mean, even with all the saga for the past couple of years, there was some talk about, you know, if he became a free agent would the Patriots go after him. I had no problem with them doing that, but you know, he's a cowboy for the next four years at least. I will continue to say that the biggest thing holding back the Cowboys from real success is Jerry Jones. Not because of him being the owner and all that. Because as an owner, he has shown that he's willing to spend money when he when it's you know the when the necessity is there. But I think the ego of Jerry Jones does kind of hold them back as well. You know, Jerry Jones is very much hands-on, and that works for some owners. Clearly, it's not working for Jerry Jones anymore. But we'll see. So, those are the three big ones. Three big moves there. Like I said, J.J. Watt, I like that move. Big Ben, don't like that. I've I haven't been impressed by Big Ben in a while now, so. But then again, it's Pittsburgh. I mean, if if bringing him back, if he struggles again, keeps him out of the playoffs, that opens up a playoff spot for possibly my Patriots to get him. So, okay. Uh, Dak. I'm going to wait and see with that one. I don't want to say yes or no to that one yet because I want to see how the rehab and, you know, recovery, all that kind of stuff goes with this current injury that he has before I can really say whether it's a good deal or not. But with that, uh, take a quick look at franchise tag decisions from today. Um, there were some names that people were looking towards whether or not they were going to get tagged or not. And I think it was a year for wide receivers. That was kind of the, the free agent market that people were looking towards this off season. And the first step to that was to see who was going to get tagged and who wasn't. Well, uh, let's see. We know that. Allen Robinson from the Bears, he was tagged, which I mean that hurt me because he was a name I was hoping the Patriots might get a shot at, but you know he's going to be in Chicago at least for the time being. Plus, I also had to feel for Allen Robinson because he was at he went to Penn State. He was there with Christian Hackenberg and Matt McGloin. I know not exactly household names. I think Hackenberg is somewhere in the league. I don't even know, but he's sitting somebody's sidelines, I guess. Um, he gets drafted by Jacksonville. I mean, who was his quarterback? I think he was there with like Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. So not great play there. Then he gets to Chicago. It's been Trubisky and Foles. So for a lot of people, and he, I mean, he's put up numbers wherever he's been, so you got to give him that. But I think some 
analysts and fans are just hoping that maybe he would be able to shake free from that, find a team with a competent quarterback, and maybe see what he could do with an actual, like a, with a pretty good quarterback. See what that connection would be like. But, you know, he's stuck with Chicago for now. Uh, another name that people were looking for. Allen Robinson Chris Godwin that's what I was thinking of Uh, Chris Godwin was tagged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so that was another name that some people thought uh, with Brady bringing Antonio Brown down there and it seems like Antonio Brown's going to stay then that may make Godwin expendable but for right now they tagged him. He's sticking with Tampa Bay. We'll have to see what goes on from there. Um, who else? I just talked about Robinson. There was another wide receiver. Hold on here. Okay, so, so I guess. Galladay did not get tagged. That's interesting. Because there was some talk that Galladay might get tagged by Detroit. So, out of the kind of big three in the wide receiver market, Galladay is the only one who is a free agent. So, I mean, he's going to become really coveted once free agency starts. Uh, free agency starts next week at some point, but he's a guy who you might see sign a big deal when free agency starts. Hey, you know, good for him. You know, Detroit's gone through some transition this offseason. You know, bringing in golf for Stafford. Dan Campbell's the new coach. Uh, so I'm sure Galladay might be happy to get out of there. But um, let's see, another position that people were looking at tight end uh, tight end wise there was Hunter Henry and uh, Hunter Henry for the Chargers Johnu Smith for the Titans that people were looking at neither guy got tagged so they're both free agents uh, I think Johnu Smith Johnu Smith is younger than Hunter Henry so he'll probably get a bigger deal out of the two Henry, expect to see him probably go to a team that's uh, one of the contenders as he's getting up there and would like to get a chance to win a ring, of course. So, yeah. Look for him there. Jonu Smith. I mean, he's a name who's been kicked around with uh, my Patriots, so... Wouldn't be mad at it, you know, in a in an offensive system like the Titans where it's uh, run heavy. You know, he he didn't really put up big numbers, but there is talent there. So I think in another system, he should be able to shine a little more. That's probably something he's looking for as well. So we'll have to see there. Um, get some other names real quick. Uh, Aaron Jones wasn't tagged by Green Bay. That's interesting. But then, he, I mean, the running backs, you never know about them because with the demand physically at that position, a lot of running backs kind of get like four, five kind of elite years, if that. And then after that, it's, I mean, it's a crapshoot what you're going to get from them. I mean, yeah, Frank Gore. I don't. Did Frank Gore retire yet? I don't know. But I mean, he was he played last year. He was like forty years old. I mean, that, that's an anomaly for the running back position. But we'll have to see with Aaron Jones. That's that's an interesting name to look forward uh, seeing where he lands in free agency. Um. I mean, some other names that weren't tagged. Chris Carson, Seattle. Shaquille Griffin from Seattle. 
Uh, that's interesting with his brother being on. I think his brother's still under contract with the Seahawks. See what happens there. Um, yeah, the Jets tagged Marcus May. He was their safety. I mean, I think he made. I believe he was a pro bowler this past year, so that's a name if he became a free agent. A lot of teams would have looked at him, but he's sticking with the Jets for right now. And then outside of just franchise tag news, uh, the Buccaneers with one of the big names of the defense that people were looking at, Levante David, the linebacker, he agreed to a two-year deal with them. So that's a big piece on that defense that frustrated Pat Mahomes coming back. And we saw once you know Tampa Bay won that championship and Brady's made it seem like he's probably going to sign an extension down there. And now you add on the Levante David signing. Buccaneers are trying to make a little mini run here with uh, Brady as the quarterback because you don't know how many years you'll get of him. You know, he looked good last year. I think they're trying to do like a two-year extension with him. But he's, what, 43 right now? Yeah, he's 43 right now. So, I mean, he's defying the odds with each year. I mean, as the old cliche goes, Father Time is undefeated. So at some point, you have to feel like you're going to see that major slip from Brady's game. So Tampa Bay, I mean... No disrespect to them. They are going to try to take every advantage they can with Brady being there for as long as he is. And then, let's see. Another. Hmm, Malcolm Butler. Which, I mean, I don't know how big of a name he is to the audience, but once again. Patriot ties, that's a name interesting because uh, he started off with the Patriots missed that Super Bowl where they lost to the Eagles, ultimately he got released, went to the Titans, had a good couple of years down there they decided to release him to save cap space and a move like that just shows kind of what NFL executives have been saying past probably the past week or so where they're saying that they, well not just the executives but uh, analysts who've been paying attention have been saying with the cap number this year kind of staying where it was last year they were saying there could be a dip or might grow just a little bit we're going to see a lot of cap casualties around the league and we're starting to see it with some players I mean Well, the Patriots did trade for Trent Brown from the Raiders. Can't be made official until the league year starts on St. Patrick's Day. But, I mean, that's a move that was kind of cap-related because the Raiders save, I think it's like $10 million from trading him. And then in the trade, he renegotiated his deal with New England to save... I think a couple million there as well. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. The next few days leading up to the start of free agency, we'll probably start hearing some names of some other guys who are meeting with teams or whatever. Because I do, I do believe that once free agency starts on St. Patrick's Day, we might see a flurry of moves in the first couple of days. So. Of course, I will be here to fill you all in with all the news and give you my thoughts on some of these moves. It's like I said, I mean, I said this when the season ended. The NFL does this every year. They stay relevant throughout their offseason. And today was kind of like the first day. uh, Kind of that period. Because now you're going to get free agency. You're going to get the draft in April. Then you get like training camps in, is it June? 
which we'll have to see what training camps and all that look like because it's still uh, COVID affected out there. So we'll have to wait and see all that. But, um, but yeah, so if this is your first time tuning in, appreciate you. Hope you hopefully you liked this episode and you uh, will go back, check out some of the other ones because some other good ones in there as well. But um, you don't have to listen to this one. Go ahead and hit the subscribe if you do uh, like it. That way you can get notified every time I drop the episodes. Uh, go over to Twitter, at Chopping Podcast. Follow the show there. You can interact over there. I put up polls from time to time. I uh, do tweet a little more than I did before. So definitely go over there. But, um, but yeah, also to those of you who've been with me for a while, appreciate you as well. Don't want to leave you guys out of this. Uh, but yeah, so guess looking ahead for a little bit. Second half of the NBA season starts Wednesday for a few teams. I think there's two games Wednesday. Then the season really opens back up like Thursday, so... Uh, next episode I will do kind of like a quick recap on the All-Star game I'm not going to s- spend too much time on that since I mean it was an All-Star game I mean, what else there's not that much to say about it but with that we'll also talk about kind of second half of the schedule some key matchups to look forward to maybe a team that might be at the bottom of each conference to look uh, kind of keep your eye on for the second half to maybe make a move up. Maybe a team that's towards the top that might move down. You know, all that kind of stuff. So get definitely get you ready for the second half of the NBA season. Uh, we have March Madness set to begin as Sunday is Selection Sunday. So we will know the bracket by Sunday night. And we'll definitely talk about some college basketball before Sunday because I have been watching some of the conference tournaments kind of want to give some of my thoughts on that um, and then we'll just kind of take it from there you know see what happens so so yeah plenty plenty of good episodes still to come so definitely stick with me and let's continue to you know grow this audience so you know tell somebody you know about it tell them to tune in but um like i always say uh be safe out there god bless of course and i'll catch you in the next episode all right Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.